My story starts as a young teenager who loved sports, friends, and boys. At 14, I loved all things sports, but what had my heart was cheerleading. I looked forward to football and then basketball so I could wear the cute uniform, watch the games, and cheer our team on. One Friday night at a high school football game, I met a guy who went to my small school. He was a couple years older, funny, and got along great with my friends. He seemed like a wonderful guy, loved his parents and family, liked sports, and liked to spend time with friends. As days turned to weeks, we continued to hang out until we made it official. We considered ourselves a couple. We were together at lunch, after school, at practice, and on weekends. We would hang out at my house or his parents. Things were wonderful. After a few months, things had changed drastically. He went from doting to possessive and jealous. I could do nothing right. One night during a scholarship pageant I was participating in, he found me to tell me I should give up because he heard the judges talking and they thought I was hideous. I went on stage for formal wear a few moments after he made that comment. I was crushed, but continued to push through with a smile. It's what I did. I wore a smile even when I felt broken inside. The jabs continued after that night. Your friends aren't your friends. They don't like you. They feel sorry for you. That's why they hang out with you. The only reason you have friends is because of me. I make you who you are. The insults continued. One day, he picked me up to hang out at his parents and have dinner. During that time, he told me I could never leave him, that if I did, he would drive his car off a cliff and kill himself. I questioned why, and he told me he could not live without me and that there was a note in the glove box that the cops would find and tell everyone it was my fault. I reached for the glove box, but it was locked. On a separate occasion, he picked me up to go to his house for dinner with his parents. We arrived at the house, but there was no one home. He said they must have gone to the store to grab something quick to finish making dinner. We began to watch TV, where he forced himself on me. I tried to get him to stop, but he was taller and stronger than me. I cried. I yelled. I screamed. But no one came to help me. There was no one there that could stop him. There was no one home, and there wouldn't be for hours. At this point, I was broken. I had things taken from me. My heart was crushed and my soul was empty. I cried and said I was done. He yelled and screamed at me, telling me how horrible of a person I was. He came out of the kitchen with a butcher knife to his throat, then moved it to his wrist, threatening me once again to kill himself if I told anyone or left him. He reminded me there was a note in the glove box detailing how everything was my fault. I believed him. I begged him to take me home. He did. On the way home, he took curves far faster than anyone should. I thought I was going to die. To this day, I have flashbacks when I go down that road. They get so bad that I go out of my way to not take it. I kept the events of this day to myself for fear of disappointing anyone, and I was scared that people would think it was my fault. I put a smile on my face and kept his secrets. The abuse continued. One evening, while at my parents' house, he picked me up and dropped me on the stairs right on my head. I could not move. I thought he had paralyzed me. Thankfully, after several minutes, I was able to move. The abuse continued. I was told I was stupid, ugly, fat, had no friends, not even my family loved me. I continued to believe all his lies. Bear with me while you listen to this short little break that keeps this free. One afternoon to attract me, a few friends knew something was not right. I just wasn't myself. My facade had cracked. I opened up to tell them 
and told them everything. They insisted I tell my parents. They went with me to do it. It was the hardest thing I have ever had to tell anyone, even to this day. I went home and we talked more about what happened. The drive-by started happening. He would drive by the house at all hours. He'd put notes in my locker at school and deliver messages through his friends. Those who say word travels fast in a small town obviously has never had anything go through a small school. Word spread like wildfire. People would talk and point. They wouldn't ask the hard questions, so instead, they assumed I was lying. After he got a new girlfriend was when things got extremely scary. I get phone calls at all hours of the day and night. These calls were hangups, crude remarks, and even death threats. That's when it was decided enough was enough. I was told I shouldn't go to school because they would find me and shoot me. I was told that I was better off dead and that no one would miss me or go to my funeral. I was told that I was a waste of air and space. We called the cops. The state trooper that came to the house was amazing. He told me not to believe the lies and he'd do anything to help me. The phone rang while he was there. The state trooper told me I should answer the phone and he'd make a visit if it was my abuser. It wasn't him or his new girlfriend. I missed several days of school and the prosecuting attorney's office then called my house. My parents let me decide if I wanted to press charges. I felt as if I already had been through enough, so I declined. All I wanted was for them to leave me alone. To this day, I regret my decision. I wonder if he did it to anyone else. I really hope I was the only one. I wouldn't want anyone else to have gone through what I did. His last day of high school, he handed one of my friends a note. It was a confession letter. He was clearing his conscience before leaving high school behind him. He confessed everything, admitting he lied to his friends and family. While that letter made me feel a bit better, it reopened the wounds that had slowly begun to heal. Fast forward to today. I've been through struggles, have flashbacks, and certain things trigger me. However, I have a wonderful husband who helps me work through some of these things. I have still never been to formal counseling, but looking back, I should have gone. I still may someday. Getting to share my story this way has helped me heal in ways I did not know I needed. I hope and pray that my story helps someone see that it is not them, it's not their fault, that it is okay to tell someone, anyone. If you are a teenager going through this, please find someone you trust and tell them. It's not your fault. You are strong, you are brave, and you can do this.